It's March 30th, and on today's episode, we roll the dice to get our story started discussing Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk about my favorite shrink therapist, then I'm going to rant a little about Blue Beetle, and finally, Josie and I are heading to the vault. It's story time. And before we get started, I'm going to introduce you to Blue Beetle Jaimerez. Coming out this August 18th this year, it is going to be the first ever Latino superhero movie. Who is he and why should you care? So DC's first ever Latino superhero is going to be the first ever Latino superhero movie. It's a big deal. It's going to be Blue Beetle. Jaime Reyes is a Latino teenager in the new Palmera City. It is a city that was recently created um, for the comics before he was in El Paso, Texas. And somewhere along the lines, they decided, wait, Batman has Gotham City. Superman has uh, Metropolis. The Flash has Central City. Where, why can't Blue Beetle do this? He's up there with them. He's up there with these characters. Why can't we have a fictional Latino city? And so we get Palmera City. And that's where this uh, character will be taking place in the movie Palmera City, the Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes. It's going to be wonderful. As for the character, he gets his powers from an alien scarab. It's on his back like a backpack. It covers his body in like this nanotech suit. And whatever he thinks of, he can create, whether it's swords, and shields and guns it's super cool the comic book character is wonderful if you want to play a video game he's in injustice 2 it's by the makers of mortal kombat so you know it's going to be a good system it's been out for a while so you could probably find it really cheap probably like five or ten dollars at a GameStop or something or if you have one of the online game services like i got the playstation plus injustice 2 is free for me so if you got that go check it out it's a really fun game um, especially when it comes to that character, you can kind of see where they're going to be using their powers, I assume. As for the story and why this character is so important, it's Latino representation. He's the first Latino superhero. This is a big deal, man. And I think most important about that is that it's important to the character. Oftentimes we see that a character is Latino, but their representation isn't really there with them. But with this, Jaime Reyes is so unapologetically Latino. This character, whether in the comics, whether in the game, whether in shows like Young Justice, he is always uh, portrayed by Latinos. He is always done authentically so. And he's just himself. And I think what really pushes this character apart is that in the comics and we see um, in pretty much everything else that he's in, is that the big thing of like Spider-Man, right? What if Spider-Man's family immediately knew he was Spider-Man? This is the Blue Beetle. It's one of those things where you're like, look, a Latino superhero, he can't keep his secret from his family. It's impossible. There's no way he could do it. And the writers know that. And so that's what they did. They're like, screw it. And the you know, the first time he um, we're introduced to Jaime's family in the comics, his family immediately finds out. It's not even his choice. The Blue Beetle suit takes over and is like, I've determined it's the best situation for your family to know about this. And so you, we get this um, kind of character where his family is there with him on his adventures. They're looking out for him. They're watching him. And I'm like, that's Latino. That's the most Latino thing ever. Uh, we should be getting a trailer soon for it. And when that trailer comes out, I'm going to talk to you more about it. Until then, I just got to say Blue Beetle. He's pretty much Spider-Man, but Latino. He's the Latino Spider-Man. You're going to love it. I promise you when this movie comes out, it's going to be great. If you want to start building up for that comic and you're like, hey, it's a lot of Blue Beetle comics. Where do I start? Download DC Infinite. Just type in Blue Beetle. It's a comic book um, app on your phone, on the Internet, and you can just read. All of his stuff is there for you to read. If you want to support your local comic 
comic book store, you want to read something more modern because the character's been out since 2006, so he's been a lot of stuff, you can read the new Blue Beetle Graduation Day. It's so good. I've been told that it was inspiring to the movie, so we'll be getting some stuff from there. And above all else, a Superman's eating an elote, and it's just the funniest thing to see him, like, talking to Jaime's mom, eating a little corn and everything. He's like, oh, this is so... And he's talking in Spanish, too, talking to... Because, of course, Superman would learn Spanish. That... Yeah, great comic. I'm excited for the movie, excited for the character. You guys are going to love this, I promise you. I got some big things coming with Blue Beetle that I cannot talk about. Welcome to the Storytime Guide with Matthew Torres, a weekly discussion about the most important events in the world of pop and geek culture. Movies, TV, anime, comics, this is your one-stop shop for all the stories that take your imagination to highs, sometimes lows, but always to a place worth discussing. I'm Matthew Torres, and thank you for joining me. Hey everybody, here is D&D in 60 Seconds. Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing game created in 1974 that allows players to wage fantasy campaigns versus other players. It's a game of imagination and invention, and it's been keeping young and old minds active for close to 50 years. Tomorrow, the game comes to the big screen with an adaptation starring Chris Prine and Michelle Rodriguez. I got a chance to see it ahead of time, twice, as did my guest and friend of the show, Josie Melendez. Welcome back, Josie. <laughs> Glad to be back, uh, unofficial co-host at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because, like I said last time, I love that I keep coming back to things that I enjoy. So Thank happy you. to be here. Thank you. So you enjoy D&D? I do. I'm not a Dungeons & Dragons player, but my best mm-hmm. friend, she's been playing it for the longest time. So I like it by association. So why haven't you tried? So this is a question that I, I keep getting because, like I said, I've seen this twice now at two events. Um, and shout out to Casa TikTok for hosting a Latino event at Paramount Studios. You guys are wonderful for that. Um, because Michelle Rodriguez is in this and she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what stops you from joining? I think for me, it's definitely time. Time management is horrible. <laughs> and, I get you. Okay. Yeah, so it's definitely that. I guess resources, not having a lot of people to play with. Most of my friends that do play are back in Puerto Rico. And I didn't really know about it growing up until Stranger Things. So Stranger Things was my gateway to Dungeons & Dragons. That is perfect. Okay, so I got you some dice. We're going to play right here. The next yeah. two hours, we're doing a Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons. No, so, <laughs> but yeah, I think that I hear that a lot, too. I've been talking to a lot of people because, like, I get it. I'm a super freaking nerd when it comes to, like, various... I wouldn't say this is a niche thing, but even in the, the geek community, nerd community, Dungeons & Dragons is like a... It's not. It's something that people know about, but necessarily they haven't done, or if they've done it, they really haven't done it multiple times. Um, and I get it. It's, it's time management. I was going to play Dungeons & Dragons tonight with my friends, and then... And we planned this weeks ago, and then tonight the Dungeon Master's like, actually, busy. It's hard enough to get friends together in one place, especially when you need at least like three, four, or five friends together. Um, mm-hmm. But let's just really quick pull back and kind of uh, catch everyone up on what Dungeons & Dragons is before we start talking about the, the board game and the movie and everything else with it. So Dungeons & Dragons, like we said in the intro, it is a tabletop role-playing game. You're going to hear TTRPG. That's what it stands for, a tabletop roleplay game, which is to say you get dice, you have a little figure sometimes, you have a little character sheet with all your stats, like a video game, and then you just imagine stuff. It's like, I want to go through that door. Okay, um, how are you going to go through the door? I'm going to run through it head first. Okay, roll a strength check. So they roll dice, you add stuff, and it's that simple. And you can role play it. You you know you can be your big character. There's a lot of moments. Uh, you know playing Dungeons Dragons for so long, you kind of have this what the dungeon master wants and what the characters want. And mm-hmm. if you've written or film made or you know anything, you know like what you want and what people want isn't sometimes the same thing. But I want them to go on this epic quest where they they find this and that, and they're gonna go. 
I want to go to bar. I want my character to drink. I want to chase big, tall women. I want to do all these things. You're like, oh, that's not the story we're going to tell. And they're like, yes, that is the story you're going to tell because that's the story I want. And I think that's the beauty of Dungeons Dragons. And with the movie, it feels that way. It definitely feels like the, the writers had fun with this story. It's... Not too much fun, I think, that if you don't play Dungeons & Dragons, you won't, like, be like, oh, what is going on in this movie? But I think for, it's like, the essence. players. The essence is there. Even for me that I'm not as familiar with the game because I haven't played it, I could see, again, the essence of it. You had Chris Pine as the bard. Just, he served as a narrator, which I also loved how they used narration here because yeah. it felt like <laughs> someone, like a dungeon master, telling you like what's yeah. going to happen next. And I thought it was very clever. But also with him making plans, as if some people have seen the trailer, he's like the plan guy. And yeah. that also felt like, again, when you're with the group playing the game and it's like, okay, we're going to do this next. And then it doesn't happen. He's like, okay, this is plan B, which is an addendment to plan A. So it, <laughs> it, it, like the nature of it is there. You're going to laugh with this film. You're going to have a good time. I was genuinely laughing my ass off with this film because it's just very good comedic timing. Everyone you can tell was having fun with it. So it doesn't feel like they're dumbing down the game because sometimes people trying to adapt something don't appreciate it as much. And you can tell here that there is that appreciation for the source material. And it's so like it's hard not to spoil this movie. And I've seen it twice, so like I was able to see the beginning scene and like pay attention for the build up. And I was like, "There's so much good build up to that scene." The way they and really, this is a movie that it's going to be a rewatch fest. You're going to rewatch this over and over and over because there are little things in the movie that really kind of set up the whole, just make everything better. Mm-hmm. And yes, and if you want to play Dungeons Dragons, play Dungeons Dragons. It's not as hard as you think it is. There are online tools to do this. There are friends. To, you don't even need to have like someone who's experienced with this. Just have fun with this. Yeah. It is a fun game. It's not the only yeah. tabletop role-playing game. I recently started using D&D Beyond, which did mm-hmm. a collaboration with Critical Role, so if anyone's up for it, D&D Beyond yeah, see, is a good way to, yeah, to form your start with your characters and everything. Yeah, and I think nowadays, too, because, like, I, I'm a substitute teacher, and I remember when I was, like, one of the kids was like, oh, I want to do D&D, and I was like, I'll help out with that, and, like, 20 kids showed up, and I was like, this is crazy, that, <laughs> like, 20, if I, when I was in high school, I'd be lucky to get two people to show up to this, to have 20 kids who, like, not just there because their friends dragged them there because they were interested in learning d and I'm like, this is so cool, and the fact that we have this movie... It really is going to be a huge step. I hope it does good. It's after uh, what came out last week. Um, John Wick, right? Mm, Yeah, John uh. Wick was last week. Next week is Super Mario (laughs) Brothers. And I'm like, oh, this movie is in a hard, hard spot. But I think it's going to do good. I think it's going to do. No, cinema is cinema is fine. Cinema is okay. Cinema is uh, sleeping on a pile of cash (laughs) right now. Not to derail, but I mean, the gravity of it all is like we had Creed 3, we had Scream 6, we had John Wick 4, and now we have D&D. We're going to get Super Mario Bros. and we're going to get Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and I'm pretty sure they're all going to be hits. So I think we're in a good position right now. The, the brief setup of the movie plot. Um, if you were to explain it in 15 seconds, how would you summarize this movie? Oh my gosh. Okay. I think I'm just going to give you comps just to get people seated. We have a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of found family. Very good chemistry between the characters. We also have Lord of the Rings comp in there with um, you do get very nice, vast looks at different places. The world building is great. 
and a little bit of Ella Enchanted just to throw people <laughs> off, like take us back to the 2000s. Um, that humor, that comedy, just it's, it's a feel good film. I think it's really good for the entire family. And it's just a group of thieves because Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves trying to s- set a wrong right. Exactly. And I think, like, you mentioned family. This is a movie that I could genuinely take my son to and not worry about it. Because, you know, Dungeons Dragons, sometimes you can get into little territories of inappropriateness. And this movie never dealt with that. It never did anything that was, like, edgy for edgy's sake. Even the violence in this is, I mean, I think you get a few times a certain someone loses a limb or something. But, like, mm-hmm. it's never, like, blood gushing everywhere. I, genuinely, this is a film that you can take your kids to, that you can take your mom to. And I think everyone's going to enjoy this. I think whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you're a millennial, whether you're a nerd or not, genuinely, I think this is a movie that I could take my mom to who does not see these kind of movies. And she would sit down and just enjoy this because it's fun. It's cool. There's action set pieces. Michelle Rodriguez gets two, technically three, really awesome set p- action sequences mm-hmm. for herself where she's spine brustering people and power bombs and j- like she's so cool in this. She's I cannot just I you guys her. are not ready for how cool <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez is in this. She made and me she's cry. Like <laughs> no, she and like I really and like I'm gonna I'll say it this way. I think nowadays there's this really weird line where when usually men writing, it's almost always men, writing a female character, they go, she has to be strong, which means she has to be a tough guy. And they lose all femininity. They lose all this idea that someone could be sensitive. And I love that she's not that. Like, Michelle Rodriguez's character is a barbarian. She rages. She headbutts people and, almost, you know, hulks out and everything. She even rages for the D&D fans. Listening. She rages in the movie. It's super cool. Um, and she's got armpit hair. And she's, you know, she's, don't touch me. Don't do that. I'm, you know, I'm gruff. But there's moments in this where she's sensitive and feminine and, like, okay to be the, the, the you know, the woman and the man kind of thing. And I think that's really cool that they were able to balance that because we don't get that a lot. When we do, usually it's the man's going to look dumb a lot and the woman's going to look really strong a lot. And you're like, no, there, equality is not – that's not that's not quite equality. There's a, a balance to it, and I think this movie hit it. I also loved it because it just strengthened the relationship um... – Edgen has with Holga, which is Chris Pine yeah. and Michelle Rodriguez. They are such a perfect like, like brother sister dynamic. Yeah, it's like a, again, yeah, it's like, the found yeah. family again. But it feels like two gay uncles trying to raise this child. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I love too is that like they don't try to do this because I love seeing that like you can have characters that are both hetero that both you know prefer the opposite and they can be friends. She's she's straight, he's straight, and yet they're not trying to romanticize each other. Like he doesn't try to go for it and gets turned down. Like all the, the times that there's like bits of romance, they're like, oh god. They're yeah, there's, both, like, there's a lot of respect here and nothing yeah. feels forced. Just what a wonderful movie. The action piece is in this good. It's sad. It has its moments of sadness. And yeah, that's the plot of it. It's it's a bunch of friends going to, I wouldn't even say save the world, but, you know, do something important. They're thieves. They've kind of got low moral character, as you discover very quickly. But they're good people. They're good. And I think that's the, the beauty of this film is that I, I genuinely think anyone can watch this movie and put themselves in one of these people's shoes. This yeah. is really one of those movies that everyone is like, I, that that character is me. Like, <laughs> you know, and whether you're you're confident, whether you're not confident, whether you're, you know, angry, whether you're smart, it's all these different things. And it really does it well. Um, and the cast diverse cast we get we finally get this diverse cast of characters like i said michelle rodriguez latina awesome badass 
so cool, which is kind of her thing. I feel like she's archetyped as being like a cool, like every time she Shoujo gives a movie, it's like, she's just cool. It's like Danny Trejo, whenever he's in a movie, mm-hmm. he's just the cool guy. Chris Pine is, I don't want to be mean, but like he's the rich man's Chris Pratt. Like, no hate to Chris Pratt. He's a wonderful actor. Chris but like, Pine I think Chris is the Pine superior is just the, Chris. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's what I'm saying. He's just the superior Chris. He does everything Chris Pratt can do, but better. Because definitely this feels like a movie that Chris Pratt or maybe like Ryan Reynolds could have done. Mm-hmm. But I think Chris Pine would have been better than the both of them. Because he brings a sense of emotional intelligence that we don't get with those other actors. And again, it's not shade. It's Sick just burn, he, he, he is the superior Chris <laughs> for a reason. Also, that uh, his blue eyes. They help. <laughs> yeah, he's so he's he's handsome. He's funny. He can do. He's not. And like the thing is, he never puts himself in a position in this movie where you're like laughing at him. You're never mm-hmm. like, oh, what a dumb idiot. No one in this movie is dumb. No one ever does anything in this movie that dumb. And I think that's one of my favorite things, especially being a horror fan, mm-hmm. is God when dumb characters do dumb things. Like, why? Why are you? You know, like. I was watching Solo. My wife had never seen it. We were watching. She's like, why are they so dumb? Why is why is Han Solo just a dumb dumb? <laughs> and let's like, yeah, why? Why? This movie is not that. The characters are smart. <sighs> Man, I, who is your favorite character? Um, I also love Justice Smith as a character, as an actor. So I love seeing him here, especially his entire arc was really good. So look forward to that because Justice Smith has this tendency to play, like, comedic characters. He was in that uh, Pokemon film with Ryan Reynolds as mm-hmm. Pikachu. <laughs> and and he Bumblebee. Was, yeah, and he was really good there. So I was very happy to see him here, and he did not disappoint. He And that's the thing, is too, is like these characters were so perfectly cast. It leads me to wondering who's going to be next. Like, mm-hmm. where are they going to go next? Because DMZ is a huge thing, huge terrain, huge, you know, biodomes, huge, all these different things that we can see, places they can go, cultures they could reference off of and everything. And it's like, I just want more D&D. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't care they, they're going to do they it. To me, I'm like, this is this so film. needed. You know, we, we've hit this era where, like, fantasy series are commonplace now. Mm-hmm. We have Game of Thrones. We have a Game of Thrones spinoff with House of Dragons. We have Rings of Power, both of which came out, I think they ended up running during the same time. Mm-hmm. And Andor, I think, was all three of those were coming out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had, like, this, you know, we have this, this, I guess, era now of timelines of where fantasy series are commonplace. And it's cool to see a budget like that to see characters and be funny like we don't need like it, it's almost like oh how can we make this a gritty reboot you know it's like <laughs> it, it's we don't need to we don't need to like rings of power was very very it's one of the reasons i didn't like it was too like gritty real it didn't mm-hmm. have the charm the other movies had but this is one of those things of like i'm glad that we got this because when it comes to fantasy films we really don't get comedy stuff. I don't think a lot of big people are willing to take the risk. Like with Solo, mm-hmm. they wanted to make a full-on comedy, and Star Wars saw it and went, ooh. And I don't know if that's because the film, the comedy wasn't landing, which, watching the movie, it looks like that was part of it. But we really don't... Comedies and horrors don't get big budgets. It's just the way it is. You know, they're, they're, they're that genre for a reason. Horror is the genre, the comedy genre, low budgets. You know, you enjoy them, because you never know. Comedy is subjective. But with this... They nailed it. They. I hope they continue it. Um, as far as like fantasy movies and ranking this one to go, this one's pretty high for me. I have to mm-hmm. say, it it had the budget, it had the humor, it had the action pieces. It gave us everything we wanted without being stereotypical. It gave us something fresh. The characters were good. Um, I don't know how anyone couldn't fall in love with any of these characters. Uh, even the bad guys in this too. Like they're so zany. In the best way, the paladin character, like, 
<laughs> he <laughs> was good. But I was so. Would you classify him as a villain? Okay, we're talking about Regé Jean Page for all of you yeah, people so that want villain, to see it for like, him. <laughs> yeah, so I because I didn't want to spoil because I was going to send him like it's kind of a twist who the villains are. So I didn't want to like outright say mm-hmm. like evil he's, witches. Is he's what not I'll he's not a villain, but he's not good, and that's the best way we can leave it to you. He's not <laughs> he's, very, he's very ambiguous in a, in a weird way. Yeah, like, and that's the other thing I love about the character, too, is, like, as a paladin, because, like, I've been playing World of Warcraft and Warhammer and Dungeons and & Dragons for a better side over a decade now. And there's this trope about, like, paladins being that. Like, he's the worst player to play with because you're like, like, oh, let's go rob this bank. And the paladin guy would go, we can't rob a blank because it's not the right thing to do. And you're like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let's go do something fun and evil, you know, not too evil. But, you know, and there's always a paladin guy and the archetype of the character. And he goes, oh, I'm not doing that. We, we're, let's go uh, serve soup to an orphanage. You're like, that's what you want to do this game? You want to serve soup to an orphanage? You don't want to go vanquish monsters? Well, we don't know the situation of the witch. What if she, you know, is trying to get revenge on something? And maybe we should talk to her. And you're like, shut up. You're ruining the fun. And that's how this character kind of is. <laughs> He's like. Yeah, he's one of the funniest. His arc characters. was very yeah. His arc was very interesting. Uh, yeah, I just uh, this is just a fun movie. I loved it. Um, it's like you said, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. This is Guardians of the Galaxy, but in medieval times. And if you like, I don't know about you, I love medieval times. And to see this stuff is just like it's so cool. To like, live just, in or to admire? <laughs> maybe not to live in. Because I love medieval. Yeah, I love medieval architecture and art and art, but I wouldn't go back. <laughs> I'll do my, I'm going to do my little representation rant right now because I got to do this. It's Dungeons Dragons. I always do this. It's I love the idea that it's it's medieval times. I don't love the fact that a lot of this is European folk tales and European are you know mythology and history. When and I've said this before, and someone replied with, "Well, Africa and Latin America and Asia didn't have medieval times. They what?" Where do you do you think they just were not on the face of the map during like what do you think they were doing? Like I always tell people this unique story where there is a point in time in the 1600s where early 1600s late 1500s where there was an Aztec warrior, a Filipino warrior before there were the Filipinos, and Japanese samurai and an African samurai were all together in the exact same place. That's actual real life history. And there was a Spaniard conquistador and a Spanish priest. Different people were in the same place at the same time. Don't tell me that we can't get a medieval times with some diversity in this. Like, let's we can do it. We can see Aztec stuff. We don't just have to do European. And I hope the directors and writers, the next one, they're like, all right, introduce to us. Let's go to more. Because there are some other cultures in D&D. Um, not always the best representation, but they're there. And so I really want to see this. And in the least... If you're playing D&D, just remember that if you're Latino, you're something else. You can pull from your culture. You don't have to constantly do European folktales and everything in your D&D game. You can do tons of stuff. You can do stories about the Chupacabra and La Llorona and all these different things. You know, so that's my little bit of representation rant. Just because I love seeing it. I love this. And I feel like this is going to be a good step forward. Maybe we'll get spinoffs. Would you want to see spinoffs, Josie? Or would you I want just a see, sequel. Let's keep this the core <laughs> franchise. I want a sequel. And then maybe some spinoffs. But I hope we get a sequel. Because I think I, there's a lot. There's There are a lot of places we can go from here. I have nothing but excitement and hope for the future of this franchise. That's all I got to say. Do you want to do you want to send this off? Go Anything, watch any it. last words? Get your tickets. Go, go watch, watch it. it. <laughs> Hey 
And for what to watch this weekend, I can only recommend Shrinking. It is a show on Apple TV. I know what you're thinking. Apple TV has a stream. Yes, they do. And it's wonderful. I actually have a really lot of good content on there. One of which is Ted Lasso, which I've discussed before. And if you like Ted Lasso, the Shrinking is the exact same uh, writing team from there. They're coming over. They're making this show called Shrinking. It is about Jason Siegel as a therapist. And <laughs> it, it's it's uh, the, the premise is, hey, what if a therapist just stopped like um, caring about whether he's going to have his license or not? And so he just tells the people what they should be hearing. So if you've always been that kind of person of like, yeah, like a therapist should just tell it like it is. This is a show for you. Harrison Ford is in it. He plays a very important role in this. He is funny. He is mean. He is Harrison Ford. I don't think he's acting any part of this movie. It's just him being himself. It's funny. It's got diversity. It's got heart. Also, I don't know about before, but Bill Lawrence 100% put himself in this show. The one of the, the neighbor is Bill Lawrence. It's 110% Bill Lawrence. Um, it, it's he acts. It's it's wonderful. It's hilarious. The show is good and it's sad. It's funny. It's like Ted Lasso. I wouldn't say it's on the scale of Ted Lasso. Uh, so don't go expecting like the next great hit. But I think genuinely it's like 10 episodes, 10 or 12 episodes. Uh, they're not too long. I think they're like 20, 30 minute episodes. So if you just want to like on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Friday night, you just want to sit there and just binge through something. Shrinking is the way to go. Um, it's getting approved already for a season two. I think they're going to start filming or they just started filming for that. It's funny. It's good. It's got diversity. And man, um, uh, don't watch this one with kids <laughs> is what I'll say. Ted Lasso, you can get a little way more stuff. This one is more adult. It does deal with more serious things. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's sex scenes in this. Not too graphic, but graphic enough you probably don't want young ones seeing it um and yeah it's it's a really good story you're gonna love it it's sad right off the bat i'm gonna give you the warning for it it is about death and dealing with death and overcoming death so if you have lost someone close to you uh this show is really gonna hit home it hit home for me um and it's just really about getting through the tough parts that you don't think you can get to and i really think that this show is willing to open itself and be vulnerable so that people watching it can do the same. So Shrinking, it's on Apple TV. Really strongly recommend it. And then if you haven't seen Shrinking and you haven't seen Ted Lasso, you're going to have a fun weekend binging the both of them. Ted Lasso in the, is in the middle of its third and final season. It's wonderful. Enjoy it. I think there are about three or four episodes on that. So great weekend. Great time to just sit down, relax, order some DoorDash or GrabHub or any of those door, you know, food delivery places and just enjoy, have some food and watch some good stuff. Welcome to the all-time segment, or as we like to call it, The Vault. Every episode, I put something in the vault so that we can preserve a piece of art, movie, book, a graphic novel, etc., etc. Josie, what are you putting in the vault? So I need to give thanks where thanks are due. I need to give my praises to the reason I'm able to speak on Dungeons & Dragons today, and that is Stranger Things Season 1. Not the whole series, just specifically just season just one. Just season one. To hell with it, season three and four. If we put the entire series, it would be too much. It's too powerful. So let's just give thanks <laughs> where thanks are due to what started at all. It, season one made an instant classic. It is by far the best season. And what else can we say other than the entire show is a campaign? Yeah, it, it, it's D&D. &D. There's even D&D stuff for people like that. Um, like, they've teamed up with D&D. &D. There's even comic yeah. books of, like, what if they were in a medieval setting? Yeah. I also uh, think that we wouldn't have gotten Dungeons & Dragons the film without this show. 
because there Agreed. the movie does like the game has had its fans for so long but i feel like the popularity of stranger things by making it so accessible may pave the path for this movie and i'm so glad we got it Agreed. And so I'm going to do something that to me also feels like a Dungeons & Dragons. And by that, or by I'm assuming anyone saying this, it is a fun time with friends that tends to go off on sidetracks. I feel like that's a Dungeons & Dragons type thing because that's what happens. And for me, it's one of the OGs, the originals, one of the greatest series of all time, one of the greatest cartoons of all time, Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar Legend of Korra. The series combined the Avatar-verse, as you want to call it, not to be confused with the blue alien avatars. <laughs> it is the greatest top five greatest shows of all time, mm-hmm. top five greatest animes of all time. It is such a good damn show. It is very much a D&D game. They even have their own D&D that they just released. Um, I did a review on it recently. I wasn't impressed, but the show itself is wonderful. They recently are going through this new renaissance where the creators are back. They're going to creating their own um, like new movies and new shows and all this stuff. And the reason, one of the reasons I picked this was because it feels like D&D, but also it's the next Stranger Things for Netflix. Stranger Things is ending with season five. And after it ends, Avatar The Last Airbender, a new live action remake of the show, is coming. It has a predominantly Asian cast, predominantly Asian crew, and they are Netflix is putting everything. It's supposed to be one of the most expensive shows ever made. It's not Rings of Power expensive, but it's supposed to be more expensive than The Mandalorian per episode. Um, I don't know the exact number, but I think it trumps it by a few million dollars. So... We're getting something that looks good. We're getting something that's... If you love Stranger Things, you're like, what hole do I have to fill after this leaves me? Avatar The Last Airbender. I hope it's good. And that's what I'm putting in the vault. I think that's a great selection. And that's what's going in the vault. Stranger Things Season 1, not Season 2 or 3 or 4. And Avatar The Last Airbender, the entire series and the world that it's part of. That's going in the vault. It's going to stay in the vault. Usually I ask you, what do you think? I don't care. These are amazing things. They deserve to be in there. They're staying in there. And if you want to fight me, find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Stitch this. Make a video saying, oh, Storytime Guy said this. And I don't, you know, if you any other vault, you get your opinion. Not this one. These are the classics. These are the greatest. All right, everyone, I just rolled the dice, got a nat 20, and so I begin my next campaign. The only one that matters, my campaign to stare into the eyes of Chris Pine. So I have to go, but before I do, I hope I cast a spell on you today and that you hit the like, subscribe, and you share this show. Share with your friends, share with your family, share with strangers. Walk up to someone and say, Storytime Guy Podcast, and they'll probably go, ah! But that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. So follow me across all the socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Follow me on everything. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, I appreciate you guys being here, listening here. Share the show so we can do even more of it. And as always, everyone... Have a magical day. The Storytime Guy podcast is a production of Sonora Media. It is produced by Carlos Arenado, mixed and engineered by Santiago Sierra. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.